MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, June 6, 2023. Today, Trump's lawyers met Monday with special counsel Jack Smith and other DOJ officials to ask them please not indict Trump. CNN reports that the maintenance worker who asked the Mar-a-Lago IT guy about the surveillance footage accidentally flooded the server room where they were kept. Jared Kushner's $2 billion Saudi check appears even more criminally and comically corrupt than previously thought. U.S. senators are questioning Twitter's privacy compliance under Elon Musk. And former spy convicted of spying on the U.S. for Russia, Robert Hansen, has been found dead in his prison cell in Colorado. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Yay, Dana's back. Hi, Dana. I am back. Hi. This is such a weird hodgepodge of news. Like, if you just read these headlines, you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know, like, Trump's going to be indicted. Former spy dies. Kushner is comically corrupt. Twitter's privacy. It's all over the map today. It really is. It is indeed. I mean, I could talk for an hour about what's going on with the DOJ and Donald Trump, but uh, I'm just going to briefly go over that. Of course, you can listen to everything in depth with me and Andy McCabe on this weekend's episode of Jack, the podcast. If you're not listening, now would be a good time. I think he's going to be indicted this week, at least in the documents case. Now there's two grand juries. There's one down in Florida. I think what's happening is that the espionage would be charged in D.C. and the obstruction would be charged down in Florida. I don't know. Oh, God, it's just so good. Just something mm-hmm. happened. All of these people who's never going to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. There's there's leaks. There's breaks in the dam. And I really feel like it's coming. You know, Stephanie Miller asked me all the time, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think that AG's right on this one. And we've waited a while, but I think this is going to happen. Cool. Yeah. Love Steph. I'm a Steph head for sure. Mama. Me too. Yep. No Zoom happy hour this week on Friday. Uh, I'm going to be in D.C. I'm going there to see if I can, I don't know, hang outside the Prettyman Courthouse and see if any grand jury people will tell me whether or not they indicted Donald Trump. But I may try to throw together a quick meetup in D.C. with patrons. So keep an eye out on your Patreon email account for that if you're a patron of the beans or, you know, clean up or jack, whatever, uh, like all of them. I'll just whatever. We'll set it up. It'll be great. Drinks. You. Me. Do it. DC, possible indictments. (laughs) All right, we do have uh, a lot of smorgasbord of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, huge news hits in the classified documents case today. First up from the Times, lawyers for the former guy met on Monday at the Justice Department with officials, including the special counsel Jack Smith himself, two weeks after requesting a meeting to discuss their concerns about Mr. Smith's investigations into Donald. That's according to two people familiar. The meeting did not include Attorney General Merrick Garland or Lisa Monaco, the DAG, Deputy Attorney General, and it's unclear what precise subjects were discussed, but the visit came amid indications that prosecutors in the special counsel's office are approaching the end of their inquiry into the former guy's handling of classified documents. And it also comes at a time when Trump's advisors have concluded that there might be not 
much more time to stave off charges. Now, Hugo Lowell has followed up and said they did ask the DOJ not to indict their client during this meeting and that there were some other things discussed like uh, what uh, the Trump lawyers considered to be prosecutorial misconduct on on behalf of uh, Jack Smith and his team. So the DOJ has said the meeting was unproductive. <laughs> Imagine. According to Hugo Lowell. I am. Mm-hmm. So the lawyers, Jim Trusty, John Rowley, and Lindsey Halligan, remember Corcoran's off the case because he's probably a witness now because of all of his notes. So he if he's not representing Donald on the parlatore, resigned because he apparently hates Epstein's guts a lot. Uh, Epstein's not on this one either. They questioned him, the DOJ, for two full days, but not in front of the grand jury. And he might have proffered something. So we just have Trusty, Rowley, and Halligan. <laughs> they spoke for nearly two hours to the Justice <laughs> the worst Department. worst law firm ever. <laughs> yeah, totally. They declined to speak to reporters, though. Shortly after the visit, after two hours, man, Trump posted a message on his social media platform suggesting that they've been, they he, they discussed that he could possibly be indicted. And he went bat gone and crazy. I can't say bat shit anymore because everyone corrects this and it's like, bats don't have shit, it's gone or whatever bat it's called. Gu- guano, guano, bat guano. Bat yeah. guano, bat guano crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm on a plane to D.C. tonight because the grand jury hearing the documents case is also set to meet this week. And the Florida grand jury is going to be hearing from a witness later in the week. So maybe they've flipped somebody in the obstruction Ooh. case, like maybe the guy who helped Walt Nauta move boxes and then spoke to the I.T. guy and then flooded, oops, accidentally the server room where the surveillance tapes were kept. That's this next story. It's crazy shit. The employee at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago drained the resort's swimming pool last October and ended up flooding a room <laughs> where computer servers containing surveillance video logs were kept, according to sources familiar with the matter. It's unclear if the room was intentionally flooded or if it happened by mistake. The incident occurred amid a series of events that federal prosecutors found sus. Uh, at least one witness has been asked by prosecutors about the flooded server room as part of the federal investigation into Trump's handling of the classified documents. The flooded room, as well as conversations and actions by Trump's employees while the criminal investigation bore down on the club, has caught the attention of prosecutors. They're looking at like it's like obstruction conspiracy, right? The circumstances may factor into a possible obstruction conspiracy case, multiple sources tell CNN, as investigators tried to determine whether the events of last year around Mar-a-Lago indicate that Trump or a small group of people working for him took steps to interfere with the Justice Department's evidence gathering. Prosecutors from the special counsel's office have focused their obstruction inquiries around Trump, Trump's body man, Walt Nauda, and a maintenance worker who helped Nauda move the boxes of classified documents ahead of federal agents searching the property last summer and potentially others. The sources say that the maintenance worker is the person who drained the pool that led to the flooding of the IT room where the surveillance footage was held. So this guy, in a previous report from the Washington Post, this is the guy who called the IT guy at Mar-a-Lago and was like, where do you keep those surveillance tapes? How long do you hang on to them? Tell me more about the surveillance tapes. And his lawyer, John Irving, was like, totally innocent. That's just, you know, he's just curious about surveillance tapes. Then he drains the pool and floods the fucking (laughs) server room. (laughs) (laughs) And there's gaps. We don't know why there's gaps in the footage. It could just be, honestly, it could just be glitches, right? But, you know, they're looking into it because they didn't think the footage was complete. This DOJ did go to the source and, and you know, submit a subpoena to the software company uh, that, that, you know, probably keeps this shit in the cloud. It's just the dumbest group of fucking idiots that, like, like you can't recover info on wet server. It's just so 
dumb. All right. Anyway, that's what's going on. Andy and I are going to go over all of this and the implications on the next episode of Jack, which comes out on Sunday. We record on Friday. So I don't know what's going to happen this week. Andrew Weissman is saying he'll be indicted this week. All right. We'll find out. And AG, this is from Brian Fung at CNN. Four U.S. senators, well, they are scrutinizing Twitter's privacy practices and questioning whether the platform under CEO Elon Musk may have flouted consumer protection laws following widespread layoffs and resignations. It's an inquiry that could highlight vast legal risks, Twitter and potentially for Musk himself. And I would say they probably did. In a letter dated Sunday and addressed to Musk and Linda Yaccarino, Twitter's incoming CEO, Lawmakers cited last week's high-profile departure by Ella Irwin, Twitter's former head of trust and safety, as the latest source of concern about Twitter's compliance track record. Sweeping staff changes at Twitter, combined with a hasty launch of new products, such as Twitter Blue, have repeatedly raised doubts about the company's ability to meet its legal obligations under two consent orders signed with the Federal Trade Commission in 2022 and 2011. This is from the lawmakers, and this is a quote. Mr. Musk's behavior reveals an apparent indifference toward Twitter's longstanding legal obligations, which did not disappear when Mr. Musk took over the company, said the letter, in a copy which was attained by CNN. It went on to say, regardless of his personal wealth, Mr. Musk is not exempt from the law, and neither is the company he purchased. The letter was signed by Massachusetts Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren, because she's a badass. We got Mm -hmm. Oregon's Dem Senator Ron Wyden, Massachusetts Dem Sen Ed Markey, and Hawaii Demsen Maisie Hirano. Twitter didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. The lawmakers asked Musk and Yaccarino to respond to a series of questions about Twitter's FTC obligations and whether the layoffs and resignations have hindered its ability to comply. In particular, the letter asks whether Twitter conducted a privacy and security assessment of Twitter Blue, mm-hmm. its paid subscription service, before rolling it out earlier this year. I would no. Say, yeah, no. Under its 2022 consent agreement, Twitter is required to perform such assessments, and I quote, prior to implementing any new or modified product. The letter also asks whether Twitter has maintained a comprehensive cybersecurity program to protect user data since must take over and whether Twitter has met various reporting requirements, including obligations to report any significant data breaches to the authorities. I would again imagine they haven't. Hmm. Yeah, the lawmakers asked Twitter to respond by June 18th. Well, Twitter's already under investigation by FTC for its possible breaches of its consent orders. Now, the agency confirmed the investigation in a rare public statement last year. The probe is linked to allegations made by Twitter's former head of security, Pieter, is it is it Pieter, Mudge Zatko? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a whistleblower report first disclosed by CNN in the Washington Post. Well, Zatko claimed among other things, that Twitter did not implement effective security policies as required and was extremely vulnerable to penetration by foreign spies. Musk has some defenders in Congress. House Republicans have alleged that the FTC probe is intended to harass Musk and represents an example of the weaponization of the U.S. government. The FTC has said the investigation is intended to determine whether Twitter is complying with its legal obligations under the consent orders, consistent with the agency's broader consumer protection mandate from Congress specifically. Mm. Yeah. We're weaponizing the government against Elon because we want to make sure that Saudi Arabia doesn't have all of our private user data. Mm. What a bunch of dicks we are. All Uh right. From Best Lemon at Vanity Fair. Back in April, the New York Times reported Kushner's four years of Saudi ass kissing and murder excusing 
had paid off in the form of a $2 billion investment from the kingdom's sovereign wealth fund to his newly formed private equity firm. That struck a lot of people, ethics officials among them, as pretty shady, given that far from having impressed would-be clients with his uh, investing prowess, the panel that performs due diligence for the Saudi fund concluded no one in their right mind would give the former first son-in-law a dime. (laughs) Among other concerns, the panel noted that management was inexperienced, that the kingdom would be responsible for the bulk of the investment and risk, that its fee seemed excessive, and that the firm's operations were unsatisfactory in all aspects. Given those reservations, that's a nice way to put it, it warned that the country's public investment fund should stay far, far away from Kushner's firm, a recommendation that was overturned by the fund's board, which happens to be led by Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, i.e. the guy who approved a plan to kidnap, kill, and dismember a journalist with a bone saw and benefited from Kushner's unwavering support within the White House and reported insistence that the prince could survive the outrage as he had weathered past criticism. Again, just so it's abundantly clear, the outrage and criticism were over a Saudi dissident and a U.S. resident being chopped up into pieces. So it wasn't that difficult for people to put two and two together and infer Kushner's firm seemingly got $2 billion to invest and at least $25 million to pocket regardless of performance Goodness. as a thank you for being so good to a human rights abusing autocrat. And a news story from the Times suggests somehow even further shadiness than that. The papers Kate Kelly and David Kirkpatrick report shortly before the 2020 election, Kushner unveiled a government-sponsored program dubbed the Abraham Fund which the Trump administration said would raise $3 billion for projects around the Middle East, capitalizing on the Abraham Accords, which are the diplomatic agreements normalizing relations between Israel, the UAE, United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain. As part of that endeavor, Kushner and then-Treasury Secretary Steve, Steve Mnuchin, crisscrossed the Middle East in the final months of the administration on trips that included trying to raise money for the project. But the Times reported, quote, it was a little more than talk with no accounts, employees, income or projects. The fund vanished when Trump left office. The fund was overseen by Adam Bowler at the time, the head of a newly formed development finance agency and a college roommate of Mr. Kushner's. Mr. Bowler joined Mr. Mnuchin on his Gulf visit in October and accompanied Kushner to Qatar and Saudi Arabia in December. Officials said the fund would invest in poorer countries that joined the Accords, and its first projects were said to include upgrading checkpoints into Israel from Palestinian territories and building a gas pipeline between the Red Sea and the Mediterranean. Neither project went anywhere, nor did the efforts to enlist Gulf money. In January last year, Bowler announced the only publicly disclosed investment in the Abraham Fund was a commitment of up to $50 million from Uzbekistan, a relatively low-income country. Uzbek officials said at the time they sought to reduce poverty and foster regional cooperation. Long criticized for human rights abuses, Uzbekistan had begun a lobbying push in Washington to approve its image after a leadership change. Its new president also gave Mr. Trump a $2,950 silver replica of a historic building and his wife a $4,200 bed cover. But no money for the short-lived Abraham Fund was ever delivered. Yet, While the countries and the people who live there that were supposedly going to benefit from the Abraham Fund never saw a dime, Kushner and Mnuchin would soon be raking in the cash. As the Times notes, Mnuchin's newly formed commercial enterprise received $500 million in commitments from the Emiratis, Kuwaitis, and Qataris. Plus, the billion of one of the billion dollars from the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund within a few short months of his time at the Treasury Department ending. 
And while Kushner took slightly longer to get things off the ground, his new firm reached an agreement for $2 billion of investment from the Saudis six months after he left the government. And while we would never suggest anything about this looks less than totally above board, others seem to believe it might be. Quote, an examination of the two men's travels toward the end of the Trump presidency raises other questions about whether they sought to exploit official relationships with foreign leaders for private business. In the weeks after the election, Kushner made three trips to the Middle East, the last for January 5th summit in Saudi Arabia with leaders of the Gulf monarchies. Mnuchin, Steve, that day began a tour through the region that was planned to include private meetings with the heads of the sovereign wealth funds of Saudi Arabia, the Emiratis, Qatar, and Kuwait, all future investors. The path from public service to private investing is well trod by members of both parties. The two Treasury secretaries under Barack Obama later went to Wall Street, but Kushner and Mnuchin stand out for the speed of their pivots and for the sums they raised from foreign rulers they had recently dealt with on behalf of the United States. Kathleen Clark, a law professor at Washington University in St. Louis, who studies government ethics, said each fund raises different issues. For Kushner, quote, the reason this smells so bad is that there's all sorts of evidence he did not receive this on the merits. But for Mnuchin, who was a successful investor before entering the government, the biggest question is whether he was burnishing relationships as Treasury Secretary that he knew would be useful to him in the near future. Ms. Clark says, if he was, that's an abuse of his office. I don't know if it's criminal, but it's certainly corrupt. Kushner declined the Times' request for comment. A spokesman for Steve denied to the Times that he had solicited investments while working in the government and claimed, without providing any facts or specifics, of course, that some of the details were inaccurate. The spokesperson added the firm has diverse backers, including U.S. insurance companies, sovereign wealth funds, family offices, and other institutional investors. So, totally nothing shady. Yeah, not at all. I mean, I I tell you what, A.G., like, I've always paid attention to the news, and I know that there's corruption in this country, but to actually be reading about it every day and having it being investigated, and and, uh, I mean, I, I know that the country went to shit uh, when he got elected or when he stole the election, you know, the, the orange bag of bone spurs. But he also created a situation where he and his entire family are now under a microscope. And I could not be happier about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you it's get. the only and it's yes, yeah, a collateral beauty from the shit show. Anyway, this is from Ben Brash and Ben's at The Washington Post. Robert Hansen. Now, he's a turncoat American spy who's leaks to Moscow, the FBI dubbed possibly the worst intelligence disaster in U.S. history, he was found dead in prison Monday. Now, Hansen, 79, was found unresponsive at the Supermax prison in Florence, Colorado. And this was about 6.55 in the morning. That's according to news release from the Justice Department. Medical staff tried and failed to save him. And that's also in the release. The former FBI agent was sentenced to life in prison for espionage in 2002. His actions were so damaging that two decades later, the FBI has a web page, a web page explaining what he did and how they uncovered his ruse. And I love that they call it that. Such a da, da, da. Uh, Hansen was arrested on February 18th of 2001 for spying on behalf of Russia in the former Soviet Union. That's according to the FBI. He used the alias Ramon Garcia, Ramon Garcia, with his Russian handlers with whom he exchanged highly classified national security information for about $1.4 million in cash and diamonds. I'm telling you, the news stories this fucking day, they all sound made up. <laughs> it's all like bad writer's room. It really is. There, Everyone would be like, pass, pass. All right. Yeah, you flooded the surveillance tape server room with yeah. the pool water? Come on. Mm, yeah. <laughs> after you spoke to the IT guy about where the surveillance stuff might be? No, 
I it's know. too on the nose. And it's the onion is like, on. you're putting us out of a job. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a quote from the story. The information he delivered compromised numerous human sources, counterintelligence techniques, investigations, dozens of classified U.S. government documents and technical operations of extraordinary importance and value. That's from the FBI about Hansen. Now, the FBI wrote that his espionage activities began in 1985, and that was about nine years after he took his oath with the Bureau. The federal government established the Commission for the Review of FBI Security Programs in the wake of this huge scandal. Now, it's in review of security programs published in March of 2002. The Commission described Hansen's espionage as possibly the worst intelligence disaster in U.S. history. And I can only imagine that might get overtaken with the Mar-a-Lago documents case. (laughs) It's like, I'm trying to pick the news stories today. And I'm like, all right, well, DOJ, like possible indictments. Okay. Uh, Kushner's shady. Like, it's just all. uh, It's so many to pick from. And it's all over the place. It's just, it's all over. I'm going to talk to Pete Strzok because I think he has a probably a pretty good grasp on who this motherfucker is, this Hanson guy. I'm going to talk to him about that on tomorrow's Clean Up on L45 podcast. But yeah, so found dead. And, you know, I I think he was giving like tunnels and plans to Russia for the, uh, you know, the FBI, which could have caused like lots of death. And I don't know how what he did compares to what Donald Trump may or may not have done with his classified documents. True. You know, we could be anywhere from he was giving Iran nuclear information to Saudi Arabia so he could have golf games on his properties to he just really wanted to show off his Iraq map to Kid Rock. Like we we. It could, it could be anywhere in there, you know. Um, funniest example you could have possibly come up with. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like a weird fucking game of political Mad Libs. You're like, give me a noun. All right, give me an adjective and a verb. Okay. All right, he wanted to show off his rack map to Kid Rock. <laughs> it could be a washed up has-been music star that really should change his name to Man Rock. That's so good. Boy Rock. Oh, God, what a dipshit. All right, everybody, uh, we need the good news today, uh, and it's going to come right after this quick break. If you have good news, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com. Just click on contact. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and I take AG, AG1, by Athletic Greens literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because, well, first of all, it's got the coolest initials, but I was looking for something tasty that boosted my energy and supported my immune system and would replace the zillions of supplements and vitamins and probiotics and prebiotics that I have in my cabinet just taking up space and costing me a lot of money. I take it every morning, AG1, right before I do anything else, right before I go to the gym, and it makes me feel unstoppable. Uh, we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. Right now, they're offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, plus five free travel packs with your first purchase when you head to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. My mornings have become so much simpler. Just one scoop. It's delicious. In a cup of water. I'm out the door. Saves me time. Saves me money. Saves me stress. It's my favorite way to start the day and support my health. It's replaced all those multivitamins, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, greens blend, like everything is in here. You cannot beat the value. And honestly, I can't think of another routine that's as beneficial as incorporating AG1 into my day. It's seamless, easy. It makes a real difference in how I feel. I trust AG1 completely, and I recommend you try it too. Make it part of your daily routine and feel the benefits for yourself. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash daily beans. That's athleticgreens.com slash daily beans. Check it out. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news. Everyone. 
near. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, a shout out to an adoptable pet in your area if you can't pay pod pet tax, a local business, your business, if you're making or creating something. I know we got a lot of entrepreneurs here that listen to the program. Uh, shout out to a, a loved one, a whoopee story, what the mutt, what the heck wine, frog orgies, babies, whatever, whatever you want to send to us. Uh, light brighting. <laughs> oh, Republicans getting pegged. We love it. Yeah. Pegamaga. Mm-hmm. All right. Everybody send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Production correction. Kanaya's fired edition. Dun, dun, dun. Yesterday's submission included references to They Might Be Giants and a heartfelt shout out to her beloved Mimi Sora was actually from Patty, not Julianne. Patty sent in paintings of Mimi Sora and a picture of her son's stitchery assignment. We will fix the pictures in the show notes for you patrons. And sorry about the mix-up. And look at the I'm painting. so glad I was absent on this completely catastrophic day. And there it is. <laughs> that is a very... Uh, little little glowing friend with yes. the little glowing friend and the, the bees. bees so in I your love, bonnet. love. Oh, it's so one of my favorite cute. songs ever. It's so good, right? It's just yep. the perfect pop song. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do. Oh, and here, AG, is the actual submission from Julianne and pronouns she and her. Excellent. Dear Beans Queens, thank you for all you do to help us understand the craziness of our world. Having a deeper understanding of the issues helps relieve some of my anxiety about the current craziness. Knowing that there are talented, intelligent, people working hard to educate, inform, and show support to those being affected the most is heartening. I have been inspired by your repeated examples of reiteration that we can all make a difference in our own way. I've often felt helpless wondering what I could possibly do to help move our society in a positive direction. You've inspired me to look at my talents and think about what I have to offer. I started an Etsy shop during the pandemic to sell small pieces of original art with inspirational messages. My best-selling pieces are uh, Kintsugi, Mm -hmm. is that right? Mended hearts Mm -hmm. and art kits. Kintsugi is the Japanese art of mending broken things with gold. Transformation is not just about putting the pieces of one's broken life back together. It's about a, a, a reinvention of self in which our shattered pieces are alchemized into a beautiful, thriving masterpiece. Love that. I know. Hmm. For Pride Month, I've created rainbow pride versions of the paintings and art kits, and I'm selling them at 25% discount. I'm especially excited about the Kintsugi group art kits, which have everything needed for each person to create a beautiful ornament slash magnet to honor their strong, beautiful hearts including a link to a guided meditation and video instructions. This is beautiful. The process of ripping a heart, gluing it back together, and mending it with gold is very therapeutic. It's even more therapeutic when done in a group. We're going to put in a notes in the show notes for that Etsy link, so you can go right to it. Now, for pet tax, I'm including a photo of my daughter's three cats who are staying with us while she is in deployment with the Army National Guard in Eastern Europe. Thank you for your service already. I've only been able to get one photo with all three. They are everywhere. <laughs> there they are. Oh my God, they are really everywhere. This is so great. Thank you so much. And uh, Kanai, you're not fired. You're never fired, dude. We love Kanai. And I'm glad. Yeah, I, I couldn't, my life would not be able to happen without he's Kanai. yeah he saved me on more than one occasion too <laughs> totally uh absolutely one of the one of the coolest people and so thank you thank you for straightening that up next up from anthony f pronouns he and him ag and dg i want to say thanks so much for keeping all of us informed every single day you two are incredible listening to the msw family of podcasts keeps me informed and entertained and i tell everyone i can about all the good stuff that you two do i'm paying a pet pod tax with our pup cam 
I won't ask you to play What the Mutt because he's a legit full-blown mutt. I think he's literally a mix of just about everything. We got him from a rescue that helped him recover from heartworms. He's overcome that and some other health problems and is a big lovable goof who loves the cold weather and snow. We're happy to have this big lug in our lives. I'd also like to do a self-plug embedded in a plug for a friend. Quiet City Books in Lewiston, Maine is owned by a friend. The store is a wonderful place that gives a platform to artists and creative types. I did my book release there a few years ago, and I've participated in a few author reading events throughout the years. Quiet City is a welcoming, inclusive, safe place that is warm and welcoming to everyone. And she ships to the lower 48. So if you're looking to support indie authors like myself, local artists and poets, or you're looking for homemade gifts or old books, check out quietcitybooks.square.site. Look at this fluff. Oh, look at oh the happy baby. <laughs> With the mm, arms folded. Gorgeous the little ballerina feet. Love it. Mm, thank you for that. Thank you for that indeed. This is from Beanie's mom, pronouns she and her. Hello, my favorite smart, beautiful, and funny ladies. Thank you so much, Beanie's mom. Thank you for starting my days with laughter and sanity-ish in these less than sane times. I adore you both. Meet my other joys. This is Bean Sprout. I call her Beanie. My amazing shelter veterinarian daughter, mom bragged there, by the way, found us with this Frenchie angel. She is greatest addition to our empty nester life. Co-starring in my life's adventure is my amazing husband. Cruising us through a 30-plus year love and rounding out the fun is our Harley Davidson. For, ta- <laughs> for context... Sound like you're... A game you show. like you... Price is right, right? Yep. And for context, I've been the opposite of adventurous for my entire life. Fear of heights, worry about everything. Heck, I could never even ride a bike. Not who you would think of as a biker chick. But now I ride on the back of our Harley. I feel nothing but peace and tranquility. Makes no sense. And I love it. And now Beanie rides with us. Thanks for letting me share. I will send more pictures of Beanie's great adventures as we travel. Mm, that looks like a comfy Harley. Look I was just the dog. Say, yeah. The, with the doggles. Yep. Oh, oh, loving the doggles. Oh my God, this is really cute. You look very happy on the back of that bike, by the way. Yeah, this is amazing. That's a beautiful Frenchie, by the way. Love it. All right. Now we have finally, well, nope, nope. We've got two. This is the penultimate from anonymous pronouns. He and him. Longtime listener. First time question asker. I need your help. I recently found two stray dogs that were abandoned at Indio Hills Park while I was cleaning. They had shoestrings tied around their necks and looked scared. I used pepperoni sticks to gain their trust and managed to get them out of the desert heat. For hours on Friday, I tried calling everywhere around my area to help these dogs find a shelter, and all pet rescues are at full capacity. Every pet rescue directs me to the county, Riverside, which euthanizes dogs when rescue services are full. Also, our sheriff animal control in our area is very unhelpful. Long story. I called shelters in Yucca, Banning, Idlewild, Palm Springs, Cat City. All are at full capacity. Yucaipa Rescue wants to see pics of the dogs before accepting them or no vacancy. I checked with the animal hospital campus and both dogs have no chips. I don't know the type of dogs that they are. The little dog is female and extremely shy, but she can be held like a baby. She cries a little when I place her back on the ground. The small medium one is male and is also shy, but friendly around dog snacks and stays by your side. I have no friends at all to help me. My coworkers pretty much told me good luck with that. I might get fired for wasting company time helping these dogs. I don't know where to go or how I'm supposed to help them. I have no resources. If you know anyone that wants two dogs or a location that is not a kill shelter, please let me know. I thank you for your time and patience, and I will forever vote blue. 
Uh, I only have a picture of one of them. No. So anyone in the Yucca, Banning, Idlewild, Palm Springs, Cat City, Yucaipa area, anyone at all, that's California, uh, reach out to us. Hello at MullerSheWrote.com and, and put dogs in the subject line, rescue dogs or, you know, something that in the subject line that, that I know that that's what that is. So I can yeah. shuffle it up to the top of the pile and we'll see if we can help you out. Those beautiful pupper. I know they look really sweet. They look awfully sweet. I really hate people sometimes. Yeah. And anonymous, uh, um, if you don't get, if we can't find anybody or you don't find any help, reach, just reach out to me directly. Hello at Muller, she wrote. I mean, I'm in this area. I'm sure I can help find somebody at least to foster these dogs. I know a couple of great foster folks. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll get in touch. Yeah. Um, but thank you. Thank you for that submission. Awesome. All right. You got All a right. short one at the I end do. here. Yeah. It's short, but sweet. This is from anonymous pronouns. She and her. I wanted to share my peaceful spot where I listen to the beans. Thank you, ladies for your peace oh, and it wow. is gorgeous i mean it really does look peaceful that little lantern Where and the, is the moon that? i know i mean i don't know but i know it, it, it looks like it's overlooking water it looks very sweet oh yeah it looks like maybe there's a bay and the lights across the bay you know what i mean like there's that black spot in i between. love when you call me bay hey bay hey bay yeah looks oh very that that it makes me super chill. I'm like super chill right now. I love it. I love Just it. Just staring at this photo. Thank you for that. Everybody send your stuff in. Happy places. What the mutt. If you need help with something, shout out for your business, anything at all, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. I'll be back in yours tomorrow. You're going to be out. You, yeah, we're, you're, you're here tomorrow. We have to have to work out a time once I land in the, in the, in the district of Columbia. Indeed we do. And a little good news. This is just more of like a, another beans uh, meeting moment. I was at a concert last night. I'm in New York for the week. And um, someone came up and said, Dana. And I said, yeah. They said, Dana Goldberg. And you have to remember, we're on the podcast. Like not many people, unless they go into a deep dive, know necessarily what we look like. So it's not like she heard my voice and she was like, I'm a Beans listener. I can't believe it. She was, and I want to keep her, you know, anonymous, but she was at the, a concert with her son and has taken him to four or five of the same concert with this particular, with the Indigo Girls. And I just love that she was there with him and Alec is a teenage boy and they were just, it was a beautiful night, but she came up and said, hi, and we took a picture and anyway, it just made my night. So another Beans listener, I know you're out there. You say you listen every day. I want to keep you anonymous, but it was such a pleasure to meet you. So always come say hello. It really makes my day. And I mean it, you're never bothering me, never bothering me. Oh, that's so cool. I know, samesies, right? Um, I remember I was at a coffee shop and, you know, somebody was like, uh, what, what name should we put on the cup? And I'm like, just put, just put AG. And somebody was like, AG? Yep. Muller she wrote? And I was like, why, yes. And they're like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, you. And then we had a hug and it was great. And we talked about the, the cross stitch that was for sale in the, in the shop. It was a lovely, lovely encounter. Always love that. Wonderful. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. <sighs> Until then, I mean. I don't like can it get weirder what's the news tomorrow I don't think I don't fucking know I'd love an indictment I'd rather go from weird to fuck yeah <laughs> uh yeah I have to like I'm traveling so I can't take my bottle of vuv with me so I'll have to you know fork over the extra for the extra expensive shit when you know that you pay the you know the markup you pay at hotels if if yeah. something happens while I'm away no nah, instacart something yeah, you know what? That's cheaper than a hotel bottle of champagne. Trust me, you can Instacart something to your hotel and you can just celebrate. Good effing call. Right. All right. I don't I don't know why I abbreviated fucking, but good effing call.
Uh, All right. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow with who the fuck knows what. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I have been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.